What are the questions being asked in aviation and on the Pilot Wife podcast? Today, in our mailbag issue, we are going to cover loneliness and finding your tribe, worries and anxieties as a pilot wife, and embracing the pilot wife life. Wheels up, we're airborne. Welcome to the Pilot Wife and Aviation Podcast. I'm Jackie Almer, an aviation professional and pilot wife for over 30 years, and I'm your co-captain. I have some free resources to help you live your best aviation and high-achieving life at resources.pilotwifepodcast.com. Buckle up, stow your bags, and let's unpack the high-altitude life. Well, welcome to the show, whether you are a first-time listener. If so, I welcome you here, or maybe you've been a long-time listener. We're quickly approaching a year with the podcast, and it has been a fabulous experience full of ups and downs as this turbulent airline and aviation life can be, but always so fun because life is a journey. Now, recent things going on with me, my mom, age 86, recently fell and broke her hip. And if you know anything about aging, you know that that can be a deal breaker big time. Um, But thankfully, she breezed right through her surgery. She's got a really strong constitution. And my dad at almost 90 is going strong as well. And I keep reminding everyone around me, I'm going to be here for a long time because I'm genetically wired for longevity, which is a good thing. Now, unfortunately, she just was also recently diagnosed with COVID, but thankfully she is symptom-free and doing great. So knock on wood for that. Please send her good vibes. You know, it's one of those times in my life and their life that my brother and I are about to make some difficult decisions, some tough life choices for them in terms of her aftercare. Can they continue to live independently? You know, tough stuff tough stuff, right? But that is part of life and part of the entire journey. Now, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if if you're in the airline industry, you will probably know what I'm talking about. If you're in a different sector of aviation, maybe not, but non-rev travel has been absolutely nuts for months and months and months. It seems like all of my friends have ended up having to buy tickets. It's just been really disjointed and crazy, And the thing I think that makes it so interesting is that fares are so outrageously expensive um, that part of me is really shocked with with inflation and the economy and all the things that are going on that people are struggling with, gas prices and all of that, that airline flights are so full. But I guess there was that lull when people didn't travel over the last couple of years and they're catching up today. So I'd love to hear from you what's that been like? Uh, Have you been traveling? Have you had issues? You can go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. I have a little speak pipe is the name of the app there. You can actually uh, log into that. You can push your microphone and you can leave me up to a three minute message. You can put as much or as little in it as you want. You can even create more than one. And if you want to hear yourself on the show, you can do that. And I will include any of your questions, comments about non-rev travel or any questions that you have in uh, an upcoming show. So it's kind of fun. So uh, the holidays are coming. 
as we know. And so now is a good time to take your questions and get them answered. And stay tuned. I have going to have an upcoming series on airline and aviation holiday survival. I call it the airline and aviation holiday survival guide. All right. So question number one is uh, loneliness and finding a tribe. Well, here's the thing. I'm a big believer in this community is everything. And most of us know that just if you're socialized at all, unless you're a complete introvert, most of us spend our lives finding communities uh, from the time that we're little in the neighborhood to growing up and going to school, joining sports and organizations and clubs, uh, going to college, maybe a sorority or a fraternity, then certainly getting out in the work force, finding those right people, the ones you go to lunch with, happy hour, you have parties with, et cetera. And I know for me in aviation, it was no different. Um, I relocated a couple of different times within the airline industry when I was in aviation. And because of that, with holidays and all of that, very often we bonded together and spent a lot of holidays together because some of us worked on the holiday and others didn't, but didn't have time to go home to be with family and all that good stuff. So we learned to come together. So community is everything and finding your tribe within aviation and certainly as a pilot wife can be critical to your quality of life. I'm a big fan of the blue zones. If you haven't ever read the book or studied it, it's the five primary regions in the world that has more centenarians, people living over a hundred than anywhere else. And Dan Buettner uh, did a study with National Geographic to go and find out why. And the number one thing that related to their longevity, the one thing that they all mostly had in common and kept referring to was community and the importance of those relationships. So it's so very important. So just to give you some ideas as a 30 plus year aviation and pilot wife, um, you know, really social media changed everything. You're probably, I mean, I'm I'm crazy for even saying this, but I'm sure you're already affiliated with groups on Facebook, uh, Instagram. That's where you're mostly going to find your tribe. You're going to find all different. There are generic pilot groups that have pilots from all different backgrounds, pilot wives from all different backgrounds. There are those that are specific to your airline, more than one in many cases, perhaps specific to the hub or community that you live in or your uh, pilot is based out of. So definitely go and search those out. Uh, now, now there's also some difference differences in the type of community you'll be able to build, whether you live in base or out of base. I know for me, uh, I lived in base, whether it was when I was in aviation and then certainly married, we lived in base for a good part of the time. And that created a lot of opportunity for airline parties, holiday parties, travel together, socializing more. Although in those early days, social media didn't exist. So I really was, uh, once I left aviation and stayed home full time with our children, I really was dependent on uh, my husband in a sense to connect me. Now, when we relocated to Phoenix for the first time, we lived in an area that a lot of pilots lived in, a lot of aviation people you know, not that far from the airport. That's not uncommon. 
people want to be able to, you know, commute in, commute out, get in and out of the airport and all those type things in a convenient way. So it's not uncommon to find those areas and communities. And it's important as you're relocating. And if that is something happening for you, check with your real estate agent, ask them if they know, you know, is this a big area where aviators uh, congregate, pilots, flight attendants, other airline employees, especially if it's a hub, because if it's a hub, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of your airline friends or your friends will be other pilot wives. It's a great group. Um, but I have lots of friends in aviation who aren't pilot wives or affiliated with pilots necessarily. And that's always been a fun, uh, rich addition to my group of friends. Now, when we relocated to California after 9-11, and my husband was based out of LAX, we didn't live in LA. We actually did live in LA, but I call it the other LA. We lived in Lake Arrowhead up near Big Bear, a very small community. Um, and I'm trying to think, did we know any other, I, I knew some other airline and aviation pilot wives that I met, but nobody with our particular airline. So that was kind of interesting, but it didn't matter. We became friends and, and um, affiliated together and associated together and had a good time, but it was quite different living that far. We were 90 minutes, I believe from LAX. So we didn't attend holiday parties. We really didn't attend any of the stuff that was going on down right there in the hub oriented area. Uh, so that, that made a big difference too. So for those of you who are living out of your hub, I totally understand that. I totally get that, but don't be afraid to reach out because there are many other professions outside of aviation that have travel, you know, uh, people in sales very often travel. There are a lot of other professions that travels involved military, um, where you have groups of moms and wives and, and perhaps your tribe that are alone and they're lonely and they're looking for community. So get active in as many things as you can. I know for me, when I chose to leave the airline industry and stay home to be a mom, one of the first things I did was look around, where can I get involved to meet other moms? Because honestly, I had been so focused on my career and working and the busyness of our lifestyle traveling that I really didn't have a lot of mom friends and certainly not mom friends who were right there in my neighborhood. So once I chose to stay home, I had to get busy and cultivate those friendships myself. I had to go seek out and find people. One of the first thing I did now, my son was born in 92. So keep that in mind. Again, the internet and social media didn't exist, but I looked in the newspaper. We had a weekly newspaper where I lived and it was filled with you know, things. And I always read the classifieds and looked and I found a parenting class that was starting. I joined the parenting class. I think my son was about four months old when I joined that, which would make sense. He was born a little right at four months. He was born in September and I joined a class that was starting in January. And that opened up a whole wide range of other moms. I formed play groups, a bunco group, a travel group, all from within that. And some of them I'm still friends with today and our kids still keep in touch via social media and that type of thing. So that could be wonderful. Get involved in your PTA and local school activities. That's a great way to find other moms, to find other pilot wife moms, aviating moms. And again, those moms in other professions who are also looking for companionship and things to do. There are a lot of people, especially in bigger cities who work shift work too. So I know, you know, quite often 
that can be a, a great group too. So if you want to get active in Bunko, maybe you want to start a book club. I know for me, when I relocated back to Scottsdale, this time still the Valley of the Sun in Arizona, but from California back to Arizona, uh, my kids were grown and gone at that point. So I was out of the school realm. So I began to reach out uh, and find local groups on Facebook. And I joined a, a Scottsdale women's group on Facebook and there's no shortage. I could go to probably four to five activities every single week from meeting for breakfast, taking a hike, a bunco group, a couple of book clubs, happy hour clubs, going to movies, going to concerts, going up to Northern Arizona for wine tasting. There's literally no shortage of activities that I can get involved in and I can be the planner of, including some networking. We do some business networking as well. So there's lots of opportunities through that. So again, it may take a little bit of time to find that right group, but don't be afraid to get out there, put yourself out there and start asking around. Now, I know that if you are not in your domicile, not in the hub, not in the area where there are many others, don't forget the value of Zoom to meet up with people, just to have that quick connection. I know I also use the app Marco Polo, which is a video app. And I have groups of people that we shoot videos. We, I have business groups. I have personal groups, um, you know, friendships, all of that, where we go back and forth and we just check in on a regular basis and it changes everything. The video component of it really does change everything uh, in terms of feeling like you're there and feeling like you're associated. And I've taken people, taking people on tour of my planning in my garden or um, my daughter's cat who my daughter's staying with us. She just recently relocated back to Arizona from Nashville. And now she's looking for a place and getting some money saved up and all that good stuff. So she's staying with us and her cat's staying with us. And I've never had a cat. So that's been a fun experience. So just little things that you can share with people. So don't, um, Hesitate to set up Zoom happy hour or Zoom lunch or Zoom coffee or any of that with people in your tribe so that you can feel connected, stay connected, and really build on those relationships and not feel so lonely and not feel so isolated. And so the biggest thing really is be the one to ask, be the one to put yourself out there, be out in Facebook groups ask out and about, hey, you know, does anybody want to get together for coffee? You don't even have to host things at your home to begin with. You know, put together a, a meetup at a local coffee shop and, and support your local um, retailers and business owners and allow them to get to know you and build a special place for you. There's so many great things that you can do. And the thing is, when you put yourself out there and you ask, it's amazing how much will come back to you because there, I promise you, if you're feeling alone and isolated, um, there are many others who are out there feeling the same way, who are hesitant to put themselves out there. And you just want to be the one to break the ice. And remember, my holiday survival series is coming up. So stay tuned for that, for how to ease the loneliness, build community during the holidays. And if you have any tips to share on how you've dealt with that, ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. You can fill out the form and give me your comments. You can use the speak pipe form. I would absolutely love that.
All right. The next question that's come up and has been asked is, I worry a lot and have anxiety as a pilot wife, and I'm trying to figure out how to overcome my anxiety around this and enjoy my life more. And this comes up a lot. Uh, Sometimes it's worded differently. And I have to be really honest, personally, I can't relate to this. And probably part of that has to do with the fact that I come from an aviation background as well. So I was already used to the lifestyle. used to traveling myself. I was in sales and marketing. So I was quite often out of town on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays myself, flying in and out of cities, renting cars, doing hotel rooms, whining, dining, corporate and accounts and travel agents and doing all that. So I was already used to the travel lifestyle and being away from home. And quite frankly, I love it, which I'll get to more of in embracing the pilot wife life. So I can't totally relate But I have friends who have shared this. And as part of my tribe, I do hear this. So one of the things around worry and anxiety comes up with being a um, worrisome uh, flyer. So maybe it's fears around crashing and accidents and the safety issue of the airline industry. And the biggest thing I can tell you about that is really and truly You hear this, um, but sometimes it bears reminding that aviation is still the safest form of travel. Fewer people lose their life, not to be morbid, but that's a reality of it, in an aviation disaster than by car. And yet we don't hesitate typically to get in a car and drive, drive long distances, drive at night, drive early in the morning, drive when we're tired, a lot of those type things. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. So it's getting a grip on what your true fears and anxieties are. And look, I'm a huge fan of therapy to help walk you through this or coaching to help walk you through it as well. Um, A therapist, a question comes up, what's the difference? I'm a coach. I'm not a therapist, but I do work with people to help them get control of their mindset, get control of their thoughts and teach them those tools that can help them get it all out on paper, take a look at it and step out of your primitive monkey mind thinking and go into your brilliant mind thinking, as I like to call it, and really use some tools and to de- and develop some neuro-linguistic repatterning to be completely honest about it, not to use big terms, but it's really just reprogramming the way your brain thinks and the things that it defaults to. So uh, if you've got anxiety or trauma from the past, that's a great time to call in a therapist uh, who can walk you through and help you with some of that. But it really is first and foremost, getting control of our fears. And, you know, you might've heard before fears are just false evidence appearing real. Most fears are not real. They're not rational and they're not happening currently. So fear is typically something that we are relating from a past situation that we're bringing into the present or we're projecting out in the future something that might happen and bringing it into the present. But for most of us, when we take a deep breath and we look at that fear rationally, we can say, I am not experiencing this right now. This is not happening right now. And I am okay. I am sufficient. So again, uh, it's, it's working out some of those things. And if you would like to have a conversation about any of this, I offer a free complimentary session. You can go to coach 
www.pilotwifepodcast.com. And let's have a conversation about what's going on for you. Could just be a quick little simple fix. And it could be something where we need to spend some time, build a toolbox of tools for you that you can use and access when you're feeling stressed or feeling that anxiety. Now, a second one that comes up, of course, is around the issue of infidelity and do pilots cheat more? And in the show notes, I will put the links to several episodes that I've done around this. And it is a topic of conversation that comes up because, of course, they're away from home. They've got a hotel room. They're with members of the opposite sex quite often. But the reality of it is, again, is this a fear that you have from a situation from the past, something you've experienced before? that you're bringing into the future and projecting it, thinking it's happened before, so it's going to happen again? Or is it something that you're projecting out into the future based on what people have told you? I've shared, you know, my experiences. I had heard forever, don't date pilots. Um, But when I really stopped and looked at it, when I finally did decide to and married him, um, I didn't really have that fear. I knew a ton of pilots from my own work in aviation and most of them were amazing and very family oriented and loved showing me pictures of their kids and their wives and them on vacation. And they were, you know, wanted to be at home too. And a lot of things like that. So I think we can project this, um, playboy persona out there for what a pilot really is or what they're supposed to be. But the reality of it is just like any other profession, Most of them, they've chosen you, they love you, they want to make you happy, they want to have a happy life and relationship, make their kids happy. And so again, let's have a session, let's talk about it, if you've got issues around it, and let's see what we can do to create a toolbox for you to work yourself through that. Because chances are, it's a made up story from the past, or maybe even something you experienced in the past, but bringing into the future doesn't necessarily mean it's going to come true. And it certainly doesn't bring you the joy that you want to be living with now um, and release those fears. Now, time apart and loneliness. Yes, that is a big part of this profession. And I'm going to get into uh, embracing the pilot wife life here in just a minute. But I've already reflected on the loneliness part of it. And it's just really finding others and finding your tribe. Now, I I know one of the other things that can create anxiety very often is juggling everything solo Um, because the reality of it is when they're gone, they're gone. When they're home, they're home. But when they're gone, they're gone. So if you have children, if you have more than one child, if you work a job or have a career yourself, these can create issues. It can create lifestyle and balancing and juggling issues because, you know, let's face it, we can only be in one place at one time. And often we get torn. Uh, I can remember several times, even with like back to school nights where it's like, if we were both home and we had two kids, we could split up and, you know, kind of work it separately to visit our child, each child's classroom and meet teachers and do all of that. But I also learned with that, um, that I could make separate appointments for anything that I missed if I was juggling that solo. So it's the same thing. If you don't ask, the answer is always no, but if you ask her for support and figure out ways to work those, those um, scheduling issues, you might find that it's easy to work things out. 
I got very active in carpools and babysitting co-ops and a lot of that when my children were little and it made some of those times of juggling a whole lot easier. And along those lines, make sure that you have a solid core base of babysitters. We'll get into self-care in an upcoming issue or upcoming show, I should say, because I feel like it's an important part of it. And sometimes we have a tendency, especially as women in general, we don't take great care of ourselves. We deprive ourselves. We put this off. We put everybody's needs first, and that can ultimately be a deal breaker. Put your own oxygen mask on first. It's valid, uh, very good advice on a flight, and it's good advice for life too. You can't pour out of an empty cup. You've probably heard that. It's the same theory as putting your own oxygen mask on first. You've got to take care of yourself. You want to feed and fuel your body well. You want to work your body out movement to create that healthy um, physical body that you need to make your mental capacity stronger as well and to have something to give to not only yourself, to your spouse or partner, to your children, to your career and job, to those around you. So uh, make sure you're taking good care of yourself. And it, like always, have a plan, have a checklist and have a basic flight plan for your life. So I know one of the things, not just juggling kids, but when issues come up, right? I've shared the story of my very first night in a house alone as a pilot wife. Um, we had a thunderstorm and a fell, a tree was struck by lightning and fell into the house and cut off the power. Didn't have cell phones back then. Uh, that was the late eighties. And so I had to figure out how to deal with that. And from that day forward, I thought I can do this. I've totally got this. Uh, garage door fell off the tracks, completely fell off of its, uh, uh, off the, the wall basically, or the, the tracks and fell off uh, once when my husband was flying. And again, I learned how to deal with that. I had a list. I had a plan. I had a handyman, you know, on speed dial. Basically, I knew who to, who to call from a plumber to an electrician to a handyman or handy person, you know, all those type things. I knew how to handle it. And that just being prepared and knowing that I had the tool set to handle it. Guess what? I didn't have very many of those things that happened and certainly nothing that I couldn't deal with. Uh, Living in California, we were evacuated twice due to wildfires. Fortunately, my husband was home both of those times. The first time he was literally headed out the next day for recurrent training. They offered him the ability to stay home, but it was like, you know what? There's nothing you can do. We're just going to go camp out at a hotel room or a family or whatever, which is what we did. And you might as well get that out of the way while we sit here and do nothing. There's nothing we can do. And we were actually evacuated for two weeks, both times, I believe it was. So, you know, it was good. It was good to send him off and get that out of the way so that he could be home, which he was when we re-engaged and got back into our home. And thankfully, everything was pretty good, except for some flooding and floor damage, which insurance took care of. It was inconvenient, but we got it done. And again, this is where groups and community can be helpful. I mentioned having um, my babysitting co-op of other moms with kids who are in my kids' playgroup. My children never felt like they were having a babysitter when I could do that. They were just having a play date, and that allowed me to go and do some things that I needed to get done. So take advantage of creating that plan, creating that community and that tribe so that you are set to go. Okay, and the third uh, question was, 
it really basically was around, I'm not sure that the pilot wife life is for me. How do you know? And so I've titled this Embracing the Pilot Wife Life because I truly love the aviation life. And I can't imagine, and especially looking back, I can't imagine having any other life. And it's kind of funny, my daughter, especially my son and I don't have quite the same conversations around it, but my daughter and I do. And in fact, she's actually on her benefits right now over in Europe for two and a half weeks. Um, So we learned early on, I learned early on how to embrace the lifestyle. I loved it when I was in aviation myself. And even when I left, but was still connected through uh, being married to a pilot, I've just always loved and embraced the aviation lifestyle. Did I love every single thing about it at all moments? No, of course not. But I can tell you if I had married an attorney, a doctor, a CPA, um, the list goes on. I wouldn't have loved every aspect of that either. One of my closest friends married to an attorney. I can remember many, many Sunday afternoons when he was no longer available because he had to be writing up briefs on his laptop or, you know, that type thing. Most of the time in aviation, you don't bring your job home with you. And so once you're done, checked out, clocked out, you are free to go and free to move about the country as Southwest Airlines says, or used to say. Uh, And that was a beautiful thing of it. Like nothing came home. So the time when they're gone, they are gone. As we know, they're very often compartmentalized and that's their way of doing life. But when they're home, they're home and they can be 100% fully engaged if they choose to be in whatever it is that they're doing. So again, part of the mindset work and the thought work really revolves around focusing on the good versus the bad. So what I have my clients do is we sit and write out a list of the good and the bad. Okay, what are all the things that you love about this life? And what are the things that you're not happy about? And then we start doing some thought work around it because it's your it's your thoughts around anything that make you unhappy. It's not the situation. It's not actually even them being gone. And I know this is a hard concept when people first start thinking about it to wrap their heads around. It's not him being gone from the house that's creating uh, stress for you. It's the way your thoughts are about it. Your thoughts are, I'm alone and I don't want to be, um, or this event is coming up and he's not going to be there with me. While all that's true, if we learn how to shift our thoughts and our feelings and emotions around that, we can begin to approach it from a different way. Because again, you know, when they're gone, they're gone. And so I always like to look at what is the benefit of him being gone for me? Well, I don't have to plan meals or I can eat whatever I want, or I can eat the type of food that I like that he doesn't like. Um, I can have the entire bed to myself. I can stay up as late as I want or get up as early as I want. I can wake up at two in the morning and turn the light on and read in bed. Um, I can plan social events that he might not want to be part of. I can host book club and have everybody over to my house or host Bunko and have them be loud and fun and do all the fun things that we do as women and not annoy him. I can do all of that and then still have my great life with him when he would come back home. Um, I can leave the house messy for a couple of days and then I would always clean everything up so that I didn't have like all of, you know, I've run a business from home for nearly 30 years. So it wasn't unusual for me to completely fill up the dining room table or the bar area or the countertops with projects that I was working on. And I may just take off and go to bed and leave all that there. So I didn't have to keep 
messing with it. Um, and I didn't have to worry about it, but then before he would come home from a trip, I would finish what I was doing and I would neatly put everything away. Uh, but it allowed me to just kind of have a free for all in the house while they were gone. I could travel, do my own type travel, travel with girlfriends, other pilot wives, other aviation people, um, or I could travel with him. I could go on an overnight, go on one of his trips. Um, so it's just, again, focusing on the good. And again, as I always say, plan ahead, have a plan for what you're going to do. Look at the calendar, look at his schedule when it comes in, write it down in your own calendar if you want or have him. My husband always printed off one of his. Um, you know, print, printed off a, a calendar for me. And then I could look at that and then I could plot in whatever was happening, whatever was going to go on for me. And I could plan my schedule accordingly. Here's when he's going to be home and this is what we're going to do. Or here's when he's going to be home, but I already have this this night. And so I'm going to still continue to do that. And he can watch the kids that night, not babysit. He's not their babysitter. He's their father. And so that's part of the deal. Um, so I could, you know, I could do all of that. I could plan ahead on that calendar. And again, when he's home, I wanted to have that plan. I wanted to create quality time. I wanted to plan those date nights, special dinners, uh, family time. And a lot of that comes down to communication. When that schedule comes in, it's simply communicating, looking at it together and saying, what do you have planned this next month? What, what do I need to know about that you already have planned on the calendar. Now, my husband is a drummer in a band and has been for mm, a long time, 25 years or so. And so that always was part of it too. Do you have any band gigs and do you have band practice? Because of course the band can't practice when he was on a trip. So that always was going to, you know, incorporate a couple of days a month for band practice. Great. Let's get that on the calendar. If I know all that ahead of time, sometimes things would conflict and need to be moved. That's just part of good communication and compromising on both sides of it. But if you plan ahead, then it alleviates often much of that anxiety and frustration and fighting and feeling bitter and a lot of that can, that can go along with those types of things. I want you to remember this. You can't change another person. Ideally, you can't or don't want to change their career, especially for most pilots, it's something many of them have wanted to do from childhood and they love it. They're happy with it. Um, so it's, you know, it's really important to understand that you can't change them. So that's where the mindset work and the thought downloads and really learning how to think about how you think our thoughts are random when they come in. But the way that we deal with thoughts and the emotions that come up with those, those are in our control. And the more that we begin to take control of our crazy minds that can do runaway things, the happier your life will be. I promise you. I absolutely promise you. Again, go to coach.pilotwifepodcast.com and let's set up a time to talk about this. Let me walk you through just a scenario with it and see how that might work for you. We have a tendency to think, oh, I'll be happy when. Now that comes up in every aspect of our life and especially coaching with women and doing life coaching for years. I'll be happier when I lose 30 pounds. I'll be happier uh, when my hair grows out. I'll be happier when the kids are this age. The reality of it is the most important work that we can do is to choose to be happy today and to choose our thoughts around that and to choose those steps and that path that's going to create that happiness for us. 
I've talked to hundreds of women and men uh, across my, my career in doing this only to find out that losing that 30 pounds made them feel that they looked better, but it didn't alleviate the underlying cause in most cases of what made them most unhappy. And a lot of that's just self-love and acceptance with ourself. And, you know, again, schedule some time with me and let's have a conversation about that. I recently was in a pilot wife group and read a post by a pilot. She's not a wife yet. She's engaged, but she's thinking about ending the relationship because she's just not sure she can handle the profession. And I was thinking about that. And I recently went through the same experience uh, with, with my daughter, actually, who called me wondering if, if the man she was dating was the right one. And her question was to me, mom, how did you know? Now for her, she was um, living in a city that she no longer enjoyed. And it's the same city that I had lived in when I actually started dating my husband. And I didn't enjoy the city either. There, I, it was fun, but I didn't love the weather. I'm from the West. It was Nashville. Um, I'm from the West. And I was probably about six months into living there when I had made the decision I was going to start applying at other airlines and I was going to start working my way back West uh, where I wanted to be. And then my husband asked me out on a date. We started dating. We were basically exclusive from that first date and it changed everything for me. I stopped thinking about the fact that I didn't love Nashville anymore. Even though I had fun there, I didn't love the weather and it wasn't my home and my family was a long way away. It changed everything for me. And I totally became focused on my relationship and building a life with him and all of that. Uh, and so that's some thought. And that's what I told her. It's like, I don't know that I'm going to have the answer that you're looking for, but if your relationship with your boyfriend is not strong enough that you can, that being with him and the time that you spend together and the life that you're building isn't enough to, at least for now, overcome not loving where you live, then perhaps he's not the right one. And that's what I wanted to say to this, uh, pilot partner, this fiance, um, think really long and hard before you commit to this relationship and don't get in, go, don't get into something thinking that you can change that. If you don't feel that your relationship, your love for him and the life that you're building is enough and strong enough for you to overcome, not loving the fact that he's got a career that takes him away and then back and then away and then back. And I think a lot of times, especially early on, well, it's like I said, how to embrace the life. I looked at the pros and cons. It was like, are you kidding me? I don't have to cook how, you know, eight, 10 nights a month and I can eat leftovers. I can eat whatever I want. I can lay in the middle of the bed. I can do this. I can have my life. I started looking at how can I make the most of the time when I'm by myself that allows me to fill up my own cup and then make the most of the time that we have together. So we have to evaluate those type things just to make sure we're in the right situation. And it's okay if you aren't just figure it out as early as you can so that you can go on to live that happy life that you're entitled to. And you can release your partner to go live that happy life that they're also entitled to. Um, so hopefully that makes sense. And again, if you have a question, you want to be on the show, you have a topic, you have something for our mailbag that you'd like covered, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. If you've already submitted a topic, you want to be on the show, 
I will be in touch with you shortly. It was a crazy summer of travel, as I've mentioned, and I know some of them are in there, but I am super anxious to get you on the show. So if you're listening and you've done that, don't be afraid to reach out to me again either. And let's get that bumped up because I always love welcoming you on the show. Do you ever find yourself on the struggle bus with relationships, career, or life in general? I'm a mindset and peak performance coach, helping women rediscover their own sense of identity and purpose, avoid turbulence, and put their own oxygen mask on first. Together, we work to get you out of autopilot and create a better flight plan for life and relationship success. As a pilot wife for over 30 years, I've navigated thousands of miles and moments in aviation, mommyhood, business, and life in general. I would love to offer you a free call to see if I might be able to help you too. You can go to coach.pilotwifepodcast.com. And if you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. And of course, you'll find all of this at resources.pilotwifepodcast.com. Please take a moment to review and rate the show on whatever your favorite podcast app is. This helps the show get found by others who need what we have here. And you might win some fun swag for your troubles. I'll see you on the journey. And thanks for listening.